Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Hope everybody had a nice Thanksgiving. And um, how many of you had guests at Thanksgiving time? Yes? Oh, a few people. Only a few people had yes. Okay, some people had yes, and I'm sure, like, when you have guests, uh, you know, if you know when they're coming and when they're leaving, it's fine. But the whole question of what we call uninvited guests, you know, growing up in Ireland in, in the 50s, uh, growing up out in the country, we didn't have a telephone. Um, obviously, didn't have internet, it didn't exist at the time. But uh, every so often, uh, guests would show up uninvited, unannounced. And most of the time, you know, it was okay because when they came, they'd stay a few hours, but the expectation was that while they were there, they would be fed, okay? And then they'd leave happy. But a couple of times, uh, uninvited guests showed up and my mother didn't have anything in the house. I mean, she hadn't gotten to do her shopping. And like where I grew up, I mean, it wasn't as if there was a Publix a quarter of a mile away or a 7-Eleven night store. Uh, it just it didn't exist. So here's my mother with three or four guests and uh, no food to offer them. So what do you do in a situation like that? Well, she sent me to the neighbors once and that worked out great. Uh, but the second time I was sent to the neighbors, they were no better off than my mother. So consequently, my mother had to send the guests away with just a cup of tea and nothing else. So it was, for her, it was what I would consider uh, a very embarrassing, embarrassing situation. So we think about the whole question of uninvited guests, and we think about it today in relationship to that gospel reading where, where Jesus talks about watching and waiting. And basically what he's saying is that he, he's returning. He's returning uh, not just as, as a friendly figure, He's returning, as, he's returning as a judge. As the gospel, as we say in the, in the creed on a Sunday, we say um, he came to, to judge the living and the dead. But just think for a moment, if he showed up today as judge, would you be ready for him? Would you say, my heart and my soul is okay, so I'm ready to go to the other side. That is to go with the sheep, not with the goats. Wouldn't it be terrible if you found the door locked right in front of you? That, the, and that's really what the gospel reading today is reminding us. It says, watch, be ready. Now, if you are ready, in case it comes today, then congratulations. But the majority of us would say, I need a little bit more time. I need to get, I need to get my house in I need to get my house in order. And thank God, I think that's what the, the Advent season is all about, you know, in the long tradition of the church. It's a time to get your house in order. Not to get rid of all the dust and all that, rather to get rid of, to be in order spiritually, okay? To make sure that by the time Christmas comes around that your soul 
your soul is pleasing to the Lord. Now, in the long tradition of the church, the way in which we got ourselves ready for the Lord was through confession, through the sacrament of penance. So you might want to ask yourself today, well, that's nice, but I haven't been there for 20 years or 30 years or whatever the case may be. Well, if you haven't, then it's about time you made up your mind to do otherwise. Because the season of Advent is really a season of grace. It's a season of, of, advert, of uh, invocation, uh, of invitation. The Lord has given you that opportunity, that given you that opportunity one more time. So think confession for the season of Advent. Well, you might want to say, you might say to me, well, that's nice, but I don't even know how to go about it. What do I do? Well, I think what's most important with regard to the, the confession, what's most important of all is what we call the examination of conscience, where you sit down for a half an hour or an hour, and you really look at yourself, primarily, primarily in relationship uh, to the commandments, also perhaps a little bit in relationship to Christ himself. But with regard to the commandments, they're still around, by the way, and uh, if you've forgotten them, Mr. Google can help you out real quickly, okay? But remember, they are 10, and they're not just good suggestions. They're actually, they're actually 10 commandments. And you know, it's not unusual for somebody to come to confession and say, they've been away from, from confession for a year or two and say, well, I'm here, but you know, I haven't done anything wrong. Well, I mean, it might be you, but I know that for me, I mean, from the time we got up this morning until I came here, I've sinned already, okay? <laughs> so when somebody says, I haven't done anything wrong, I, that leaves me scratching, scratching my head. So what have you done wrong in relationship to the 10? But if you haven't done that much that's wrong, then the other question is, what have you done that is right? You know, we rattle off the confiter almost every time we come to Mass. We talk about what we have done and also what we have failed to do. What have we failed to do? In other words, you know, I've said this many times before, nobody is an accident. We're all part of God's plan. We're all here for a reason. And we've got something We've got some kind of talent or ability that hasn't been given to anybody else. So what have we done with our time? What have we done with our, with our talent? What have we done with our treasure? What kind of difference am I making in the world in which I have been planted? So when you get all of that straightened out in your mind, then just realize that when we talk about sin, it's not just what happens out there, it's also what happens in here. That is, it starts in here, in the, in the heart. Remember what Jesus said to the Pharisees on more than one occasion. He says, this people worships me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. 
So what is going on in your heart? When I was growing up, we, we used to hear about what we call the, the seven deadly sins. It was pride, uh, covetousness, lust, anger, gluttony, envy, and sloth. They're all sins of the heart, okay? And the whole question of, I know, like pride or anger or jealousy, which is so much a part, it's so much a part of the human heart, and we just dismiss it so lightly. So a good examination of your conscience doesn't look at what's out there, it also looks at what's going on in here. And just a couple of other things to, to sort of highlight, if you will. The first one is the whole question of procuring an abortion. And I'm not going to get into all the ins and outs of it, other than the fact that sometimes I find an individual, mostly women, occasionally a man, who have procured an abortion, can carry it around in their heart for years, and they're afraid to even mention it out loud. So if there's anybody here who falls into that category, for God's sake, come and see us and experience the Lord's forgiveness. The other issue uh, along those lines in, in today's society is the whole question of pornography, which pornography has become a major, major problem in our society uh, in the last 20, 20 years or so, especially since the internet came into vogue. It's rampant. And again, I think a lot of times, uh, especially men, carry it around and act as if there's nothing wrong with it. Well, if, if nothing else, just think of pornography and, and how it uses women for the wrong, for the wrong purpose, okay? Turns women in, into objects. And in the process, the more you get into pornography, the more it turns you inside out in relationship to those around you. So if there's a problem with pornography, then it's time to, to speak up and do not be afraid. We're not here to chastise anybody. We're here to help them insofar as we can. And also, of course, if you've been away 40, 50, 60 years from confession, then we feel great when somebody comes to us saying we've been here away for 50 years. It sort of makes you feel like a priest when somebody confesses they've been gone for 50 years. So if you fall into that category, please do not feel, do not feel that you're no longer worthy of the Lord's forgiveness. I just conclude by saying that um, that we're having no penance service during Advent this year. Rather, there are a variety of different options uh, for, for confession. And if none of them fits you and you still want to go, just call our office and we'll be happy to meet with anybody. We'll be happy to meet with anybody on, on a personal basis. And the final thing I want to say is that, you know, and it's more directed to people who are not here today, uh, but who may be, who may be looking at excuse me, looking on virtually, you know, and like the, the ice cream on the cake with regard to if you've made a good confession, the ice cream on the cake is to be able to receive Holy Communion, to be able to come to Mass and receive Communion. So if there are people especially who are watching and um, who, who are afraid of crowds or whatever, uh, there's always the possibility of coming on a weekday uh, and uh, you know, where there's plenty of room, plenty of room to, to spread out. And, uh, 
you know, uh, during the Christmas season, I think, we just encourage people, if, if they can at all, to consider uh, making, not just a confession, but also availing of the Eucharist. That's it, other than the fact that, remember, uh, that the gospel today, the gospel today talks about being ready. And I think the Lord is really passing that message to you today. And so if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Amen.